All right, everybody, it's on again. Welcome to a long overdue episode of Heroic Debate. My name is Neil, and with me as always is my compatriot, Steve. Hello there. <laughs> with his, the dulcet tones of Steve Townsley. Uh, we have a ton of stuff, and if that's not enough, there's another ton after that, and possibly another ton waiting in the wings. It just keeps growing on us here, but uh, we hope to be more diligent in the upcoming year and bringing you... Uh, some some great discussions and on your favorite nerdy subjects, uh, primarily which is comic books. So why don't we kind of get right into it? Uh, being a year end episode, <clears throat> we've got a, like a lot of stuff to cover in a short period of time. Uh, when we last left off, uh, we were kind of on the crux of Infinity War coming out, which has now come and gone. Uh, I think we're safely outside of the spoiler zone, so we're kind of at a spoiler level two for talking about anything relative to the movie. You have been warned. <laughs> if you don't want to hear anything about Infinity War, you may want to uh, pause and go to the 15-minute mark. It might be a safe bet, but uh, no promises. Uh, on that note, uh, your thoughts, Steve? On Infinity War... Um, it's 99% of a great movie and 1% of pure heartbreak, <laughs> but it's nothing we weren't expecting ultimately because that, that is, that is what Infinity War is. Yeah. Something I kept saying over and over and over to people is to not expect a happy ending out of this movie. Like if you went into it thinking everything was going to come out rosy, you didn't know the story. Uh, and that story is <clears throat> the high point of just when you think they've won, it turns out they don't, and they lose in like the most horrific way possible. Uh, and then we're treated to um, a much memed <laughs> group of uh, heroes turning into Ash. Oh, too much. That that meme is overdone. It was overdone when the it was action new. figure one's pretty funny though. Oh, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that is a. Uh, I, I mean, what we're what we're really kind of coming up on is the the end of one era of of uh, the Marvel you know, multiverse, or the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse, um, yeah. in, in, in trying to, you know, make room for what's going to grow into a much larger universe with new characters being introduced, uh, the evolution of some characters, and the uh, the passing of the torch of others. Yeah, it's definitely the, like, the closing of this, of the old guard while, like, opening up things for the new guard. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of... You know, it almost it was more to me having expected the ending uh, of with the snap and everything going on. I wasn't necessarily as surprised and definitely from talking to a lot of friends, stuff like that. I was not affected as dramatically, but something that did hit me hard was the realization of seeing people wrapping up their scenes for the next movie and realizing that this may, in fact, be like the last time we see certain characters portrayed by the actors that are currently doing those roles. I mean, notably was... Um, Chris Evans post at the end of wrapping up uh, uh, kind of making it sound like he was done with Captain America uh, I to be fair money brings everyone back so I wouldn't rule out the possibility of well, first not of all, seeing him there there's no such thing as death in the comic book world you know because it, it all depends on the story and the money and there's so many different factors that can well, thanks to CGI, in, yeah. we can de-age anybody. So, I mean, we're getting but, a de-aged uh, Nick Fury but we, and Captain but, but Marvel. But should we? <laughs> yeah, question, well, yeah. should we is the... Should we? Yeah, the next thing. I mean, I, I'm i pretty confident that um, 
contractual otherwise i think that um we have ample room in the within the iron man universe that we could have robert downey jr phoning it in for years as an ai tony or uh, any number of you know ways we could still see him in in continuity whether we will or not i don't know but depending on where they want to take that i guess yeah i uh, again it should it should fit the story <laughs> i feel so i mean uh, to me I think what I love most about Infinity War is that it was that really that culmination of 10 years in the making and, you know, Marvel did it. You can say they beat everyone to the punch. They finally pulled off what was considered impossible. But in the back in the day of them deciding we're going to do three origin stories for three different characters and that's going to evolve into an Avengers movie, which is going to involve all of these other characters that... 10 years later, you're going to see them all on the screen in some you way, know, shape, or form. I n- never would have thought to see that, that was, happen. That was what superhero movies always should have been and never were because of the way that everybody wanted their piece of the pie of superhero movies. Um, whenever a Superman movie was announced, that, that Superman existed in a universe where he was the only superhero and he was only going to play in his sandbox and nobody else was going to come play like Batman or anything like that. And that, I think, was what kind of killed a lot of the um, the momentum of movies like that. You know, like the, 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 the interest was just lost, except for Batman, who found a second life when they rebooted the series with Batman Begins. But even as that movie was playing, even as that, that trilogy was playing itself out, we always hoped that... You know, we were looking in the background for extras or for clues that might lead to a larger universe. Um, somebody swears up and down that they saw, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Superman Returns, Brandon Ruth. Uh, they saw Brandon Ruth in the background of a, of a club scene or something like mm. that. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. It'd, it'd be great if they were, you know, they're going to open up the the universe that much more. But, but they never did um, until... We got to the Superman, Man of Steel, where they then started to kind of like lay the seeds for things that would evolve into Batman versus Superman and then Justice League concurrently. But turning it back to Marvel, Marvel did it right from the beginning. Um, And uh, that's not entirely fair because they they had a a couple of false starts with Spider-Man and uh, Ang Lee's Hulk and uh, Daredevil. And things where you knew, I mean, as comic book fans, we knew that the the potential was there, but they never really did anything with it because, you know, Sony did Spider-Man and Fox did Daredevil or, or somebody, you know, and, and everybody else just kind of like would never let their, their action figures out of their own sandboxes. Right. I mean, it's like, it goes back to this. There was too much money involved. Right. And when money is involved, then everyone wants to hang on to their piece of it. I mean, case in point. Um, this whole giant thing about the Fox merger and all of that would not have been huge news except for the fact that um, Marvel kind of gets uh, the Fantastic Four and the X-Men and you know all these stuff back in the wings of, as a lot of fans are saying, like back where they belong because and I Fox gets a little maligned on this. I think that X-Men and X-Men 2 were pretty decent movies. Uh, I think uh, Logan was an exceptional movie for how they did it. Um, But they had to make a lot of stuff in between, you know, (laughs) X-Men 1, X-Men 2, and Logan. Well, that's 
Not to say that for every X-Men and X-Men 2 we get, then we get, like, whatever that garbage third one was that they tried to do uh, uh the phoenix one and was just uh, awful <laughs> awful awful um so yeah i mean you have to you know to be fair i didn't hate it at the time but when you look back on it and you go like just, yeah we could do I, yeah. I watched it going we could do better we i do i better. was i was disappointed you know like the moment they kind of like demutated uh mystique and i'm like what you can't just, right. you know like <laughs> yeah. this is just people who don't know what to do with the series you know right. <laughs> like the people who like this is no Joss Whedon venture where he knows how to handle and give each character yeah. his own their own. Now no, we just have to like quietly write these people out. Like let's blow up Cyclops and let's write <laughs> off this person. And although how awesome was it to see uh, oh, the actress uh, Rebecca Romaine Romain show up in the first class series when she's like trying on different shapes oh. and like Magneto walks in on her and she's like turns into like that version and say oh do you prefer this version better it's like that oh, was little, like a nice little like kind of easter little, egg that little they nod there. there oh yeah. that's that's right up there with the uh uh the hugh jackman cameo <laughs> you know, uh, that, that was probably bar. actually my favorite thing uh, where they approach him at the bar and he like, just... he's just yep <laughs> <laughs> that was actually yeah that was, that was a nsfw and then gone <laughs> right but i mean i again it was it DC is starting to straighten things out a little bit. I think that, like you said, they rebooted and did, like, Christopher Nolan's Batman series kind of really effectively brought that up to speed. Um, I don't think that Man of Steel is as bad of a movie as a lot of people want it to be. Um, I mean, I, th- I thought it was people pretty... wanted it to be a bad movie? Cause... No, I think a lot of people thought it was a bad movie, or they thought it was much worse than it actually was, or they're just hung up on the whole, like, neck-snapping thing at the end. I, that... I saw it twice, hoping it would hoping it would get better than the first time I saw it, because I walked out of the first showing extremely underwhelmed. And the second one was, like, me, like, just... just getting abused and trying not you know like I, I i'm trying to like it i'm trying That's, to like it but i just did not yeah like i so it. much I that was my like feelings it. uh batman versus superman i was excited when they first announced it i was excited when they showed him in the bat armor and like all that was like building up to like okay this is kind of cool they're using like dark knight returns or that some of these elements are all going to finally see these on the screen and then the first reviews came in and people were saying how horrible it was uh, and I, I, I didn't watch it in the theater. Uh, it eventually showed... I can't even remember if it was Netflix or if it was on iTunes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to knuckle under and watch it. And that was kind of the feeling I had. was like, I it must have been on iTunes because I remember having the thought, I paid for this movie. I'm going to see it through to the end. And then I almost like despised myself a little bit for, for doing that. And it just was not a great experience. But spinning out of that then we get this really really great wonder woman movie which shows us that they can do that they can do the right movie and they can do the origin story and they can sort of do uh you know that same thing that marvel's been doing and i kind of am getting the same vibe for the aquaman movie that it's going to be this great standalone movie to flesh out the character a little bit better um and then on the same token, they've already canceled like the cyborg movie, which is probably a good thing because well, I mean, honestly, I don't know how much there is to tell about that particular character. He's always kind of been a side character, even when he was in Titans. He was never necessarily the most interesting character in the group. Oh, case in possibly point, possibly unfair. But but he's not even like DC's got their Titan series, and what character are they missing? 
Oh, that's true. Cyborg. Well, because of the CG, because of the the technical aspect of it. I mean, and they managed to pull I guess, it off. They, yeah, I mean, I they, they they did that in Smallville at least, you know, and they right. and you know, Smallville's own little Justice League series never really took flight. It it existed yeah. as like cool little one-off episodes or two-off episodes. They introduced a Flash character, which I always thought was going to break into his own series and never did. They introduced Green Arrow, which did become a different series, but but, 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 but in its own way, <laughs> in its own way, yeah. you know, didn't 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 necessarily like uh, splinter off of that series, but but was certainly churned by the the popularity of the appearance well, sure. of that character on the series. And to be fair, of like the TV properties, Arrow is still the one I'm. I like actually haven't watched an entire season of The Flash, but I'm like totally you, you've never seen up. an entire season of the flash no i've i watched several seasons of it i'm just oh. saying like the last season and a half i haven't even watched it but i'm oh. totally caught up on arrow because that's one that i have to know what's going on with it interesting but... i sort of the opposite i am more up to up on flash than i am on arrow i appreciate arrow's appearances on flash but i couldn't tell you what's going on there yeah no, no i just have a greater but he's, I mean, he's basically I think this kind is, of Batman. This me. is all, well. This has always been a bit of the dynamic between the two. I think I do like the darker stuff a little bit more on a regular basis, and I think that you're oftentimes a little bit more appreciative of the happier, like, brighter set. One hundred percent. I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 I can uh, uh, at least enjoy a shadowy city Avenger type. Uh, story, but it's not where my heart lives. You know? This is why I will like truly enjoy like a Netflix Moon Punisher. Knight series. <laughs> but, oh, my, my, uh, and you'll I'm go. You, yeah, it, you go. It, it's good. <laughs> I no. I'm looking. I'm. I, I hope they do a, a Moon Knight series. I have kind of been a like he's been a character that I've watched for a while. Um, I would be very curious to see what they do with it. I hope they do something good. That one's going to be a tricky one. Of uh, it has to follow that Netflix success story of finding like that exactly right actor and a really good opening storyline to make it work because it's the characters just offbeat enough and just strange enough that if they don't get it right the first time, it's going to get like a one season and and done kind of thing. Uh, which is off, ironically would mirror his uh, comic book appearances <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> so remember when we told you to skip ahead to the fifteen minute part and we were going to talk about? <laughs> we're oh, feel pass free over to, the spoilers. to totally listen at this point. <laughs> um, but a good, it's a good call. We should probably move on. Um, we probably talked about no, no spoilers <laughs> at all, but but yeah. we but uh, all the same. Um, but go see Infinity War. It was please really good. yes. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, if nothing else, get yourself ready for that. Um, sequel to it coming out at the beginning of the year uh but before that happens, no actually it's coming out in may um, captain marvel Mar captain, Cap yeah captain we... marvel will be the prequel to the sequel right and... so we'll have um on the dc side we get aquaman first uh admittedly i'm kind of i'm kind of excited to see it uh, i i have the same feelings for it going into say wonder woman where i know the character well enough that i'll be able to see what they did with the story but not well enough that I'm not going into it with like it's got to be this or I've got to see this kind of thing. I I have no expectations for the Aquaman movie except that I just hope that it doesn't become sort of like Green Lantern the movie. 
where they throw a bunch of fan service out there so, and uh, hope that some of it sticks. Just so you know, we don't talk about Green Lantern. When Ryan Reynolds uh, tells us not to talk about Green Lantern, so we and, don't. And, and so we shall not. And so we shall not. <laughs> but um, let there be an ending. <laughs> but I mean, I think the best and worst part of a movie like the one that shall not be spoken of um is that they will throw stuff out there to try and get fans interested but then they won't really follow up on any of it either right it's it's there because we go like oh we're comic book fans and we know that's in the movie and then and then nothing really comes up yeah it felt like it was just a too fast to production like we need to get this out and then it was they didn't take enough time to polish it and really get you know like a good like storyline set to it i agree i think aquaman doesn't look to be that but we'll I mean obviously we'll have to see how it ends up but uh i'm optimistic i think it'll look pretty good um then after that we get captain marvel as you mentioned yes. um the i had read a thing an interview with um oh, the guy's Larson? name no, no men mendelson the ben? guy that, the guy who? that plays the villain um I don't he know was who in, plays the villain well I'm, he was I'm in trying to keep so he was the guy in... He played the villain in Rogue One. Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is a scroll. Oh, fantastic. Um, and I was reading an interview about the prosthetics that they put on him for the uh, for the film. And uh, they were like talking a, about... Basically green Thanos's with 20 right. years. But they had been talking about how he was like this huge comic book fan. Uh, and that he just loves seeing these characters brought to life. And he was like super excited to be a part of like doing this kind of a movie because he and he had some great comments about the sort of superhero fatigue thing that they've been talking about that he doesn't think it will ever really happen he says there's so many stories and so many different things that can happen that um we're never really gonna get 100 percent tired of seeing this stuff superhero we might get tired of seeing the same characters over and over again but we'll never get tired of the genre. Superhero fatigue is a phrase that people who are not superhero fans use to describe <laughs> movies that come out that they don't want to see, but they are certainly welcome to all their English patients and of course. all their, uh, you know, heavy three billboards dramas or whatever they're going to to watch. <laughs> I, and those are great stories in and of themselves. But uh, but superheroes is where we you know yeah I mean, where some of us live it's just i, I kind of share in like the things of that interview because it, even gene is still and seeing like korath the pursuer back from like his little beginning thing in guardians of the ronin galaxy and... ronin the accuser um we're gonna see uh dr minerva who is like an old like both captain marvel's nemesis kind of thing um, you got Jude Law, who may or may not be Marvel. <laughs> they haven't really said 100%, uh... but I'm pretty sure the way they're talking about it, that's what we're going to look at. Um, but I think it's all wrapping up to be something unique. Uh, they're playing out uh, an 80s, 90s storyline. 90s, kind of, 90s. Yeah. Blockbuster still... So that'd be a little bit different there. than what we have seen, and the fact that it's a precursor to all the stuff we've seen before, I'm kind of interested in how that's going to play out. And of course, we had the little... Um, little, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave that as it lies. So we already told people there were going to be spoilers, so I'm gonna just let that one lie. You all who have seen um, Infinity War, you know what I'm talking about. Um, then, of course, we have Infinity War we're, 2. We're referring to the stinger at the end of Infinity War, yeah, the okay. cutscene. Then, 
I, I will tell you that is that is worth sitting through the credits to get to because <laughs> it's it, short, but it's worth it. It it makes your eyes water. <laughs> wow, that makes my eyes water. There you yeah. go. You know, <laughs> um, I, for me it means I have to explain what's going on to like my other family members stuff because they had no idea. That's the fun of being a comic book <laughs> nerd is we know what's going on. So the a lot of the curiosity now is really around how Infinity War two is going to like in the comic undo everything that's happened there's a lot of um i'm not going to delve into theories because i know that you don't like to really you know well it's speculate and stuff along those lines there's no harm in it but at the same time it's kind of useless i mean anybody yeah i mean there's they're holding the story so tightly that any any and all rumors we've seen could be true it's just really hard to to know which direction they're going so i kind of tend to like it's I read the theories and stuff on this, like that would be cool, but I'm gonna really want to see what they do when it comes out. It's yeah, kind of, I mean, like it's interesting just to see how those predictions, like who is right and who is wrong. Um, that's well, I guess everybody's trying to like throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks, you know. Sure. And then, then, then I guess they get bragging rights when whatever they predicted that they comes were the true. ones that did it. But that's... they'll go back and say, "Hey, we posted it first on this particular day." Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where um, I am probably almost as excited to see that movie just to see how they're going to wrap things up from a story perspective. Absolutely, and we've you know, and and we get um, maybe perhaps a little hint of that in uh, Ant Man and Wasp. Yes, again, cutscene with some spoilers, but uh, I think there's uh, if I had my druthers or I was going to make my predictions, I think that's a very solid lead as to where we're going. Uh, when we get to um, Infinity War now, 2. Ant-Man and Wasp, which uh, was earlier this year. Um, last one I caught up on. Finally yeah, saw it. Finally. I think that was, that's was that been the last <coughs> the last entry in the uh, the MCU-verse uh, movies. Hmm. Um, is more of a follow-up to uh, Civil War. I think yeah, there's follows... the, the repercussions yes. of Civil War were more played out in that. I so think. really, you know, it... it, it chronologically was released after infinity war but but takes place kind of you know in the events following civil war where ant-man shows up is later captured imprisoned, and then supposedly broken out by steve rogers maybe but um when we when the movie begins he's under house arrest i i I, yeah he so we last saw him he was locked up yeah, uh, and then I believe by the time we get to Ant Man and the Wasp, he cut some kind of a of a deal, uh, and that puts him under house arrest. And right. he only has a little bit more time left on house arrest as the he's movie. He's got like a week left or right. something left, you know, before he's he's basically given free reign. You know, he supposedly has surrendered or abandoned the Ant Ant Man suit. Right. It's it kind of in a lot of the anti vigilante storylines across multiple like titles is that idea of hey if you promise to stop being uh you know a superhero slash vigilante then um will diminish your sentence and of course they never do they like have a stashed costume or something somewhere you know something brings them back out and just like uh, there's no death in superhero movies right. there's, you know like nobody walks away forever and i think that's kind of the gist of the movie is that what it, the thing that brings him back out where he has to you know have the suit and everything is like that's that's the movie right there um this is one of those ones that um i think what i like about the whole ant-man like movie microcosm universe is that it's more humorous oh absolutely it doesn't take itself too seriously and yet there are some serious ramifications of the material that they work with 
um, and what that will play out with in the in the MCU because in the you know in the comic book thing, pim particles and stuff like that are super important. I mean, they, there are so many ties to certain things. It's the same as like mentioning Stark tech in anything in comics. It's like Stark Industries is this giant. Or, or the way you know vibranium is, is always going to evolve sure, wakanda yeah. or something like that because that's where all the vibranium exactly is. and um this i think allows a little bit of that to play through at the movies is that we know that like pym industries is, is a thing within the mcu just like uh you know stark industries is stuff like that um and it kind of gives that some relevance uh and to me it fills the gap of not having the fantastic four and that we have super science you know, Whoa. the stuff that's not yeah. like engineering a, a suit per se, but that, you know, you've got this guy who's like a genius in particle physics and we're, um, even though they don't say it outright, we're, we have like the microverse and all these other things that, you know, that we're showing. Or the, uh, what do they call it? Microverse? Yeah. Do you not know what the microverse is? I, I, know, I absolutely know what the microverse <laughs> is, but I'm like, I don't think they refer to the quantum realm. Sorry. They the, call it the quantum realm. The quantum realm, realm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they can they call it, uh, this is, I think, again, where uh, the money comes into play. Right. Because uh, right. I think Some... there's, I, which toy company still owns the... Hasbro? Micronauts or whatever. The... Or, I thought I, something like that. Yeah. You know, there's... It's a bit of a side note. If you have not watched the Netflix series, The Toys That Made Us... Oh, Go yes. out and watch it immediately because the history behind so many of your toys that's tied to Marvel is fascinating. Like we would not have uh, the extent of Transformers that we have. Um, G.I. Joe was kind of. Oh, I remember when like yeah. created through that. and Transformers uh, was almost part of the Marvel Universe. And then the very the third issue of the, the of Transformers, Spider-Man shows up yeah. in, in his black suit. If that yep. gives you like a like. Like somehow the the Transformer robots existed in the same universe as the Fantastic Four and Captain America. And but all the that, but... the stories were just fascinating. Where you have these guys like some junior guy just starting out, and they like threw him a bunch of pictures from a toy company in Japan and say you need to come up with names and backgrounds for all of these characters, and like that birthed like all well, of these comic folks. books is, is is definitely going to to fuel that 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 creative fire because the same thing i mean it was always people kind of like lifting from each other ideas mm-hmm. with, with you know what became of uh dc and marvel when they did uh new gods versus eternals versus you know and and things like that and became and conan uh which was lifted from the pulp stories of robert mm-hmm. howard suddenly became comic books which then inspired uh masters of the universe in some fashion as well too but that's somewhat ap- uh, apocryphal um but uh just that idea that you know like you can always find inspiration um in the comics but a lot of things sort of feed each other sure you know it's 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 um it's it's a universe that keeps on giving you mm-hmm. know it's a well and it's like there's always another story to tell i think that's why we aren't really ever going to have that superhero fatigue is like there's always something else to be told if we ever get tired of one thing there's always another thing that we can that we can do and and god bless it (laughs) for being there you know people are always uh complaining about uh, oh you're you're constantly reinventing a character or you're introducing a female character to take over a male character's part or you're you're doing that and i and i say that's just baloney that's i mean you know like we're not doing anything to the uh to the nature of the character or the stories that we're told because those are still valid and they still exist we're just 
telling new stories, which is the nature of storytelling. Sure. It's it's how stories are going to I th- continue on and on. Yeah, I think the friction tends to come from people having an expectation. Like, if I see this character, it needs to be this. And if it diverges from that, then that's where we get someone who is upset with its rendition. Um, the case in point was uh, Iron Fist. There's a lot of flack initially over the casting for that because there had been some rumors that they were going to cast an Asian actor, um, which quite frankly, for some of the fight scenes and stuff would have been a great choice. But realistically, while I agree that you can do some changes, the, the oddity of iron fist was that it was the whole base of the comic is that this was a Kung Fu guy. That was a white guy that, you know, was a Kung Fu master. And if you wanted to see, more of your Bruce Lee trope. They had Shang-Chi, you know, the master the of Kung master Fu. Of Kung and they Fu. were kind of like side-by-side type characters telling different stories. So while I somewhat agree, at the same token, it would seem a little odd to me to like not have that template. And if you mm. if you want to do that kind of casting, then why not cast a Shang-Chi and have them in you know, in that run and see if you can do a spinoff or that, something That's like always that. going to be a, um, a very contestable point. It's, it's hard to say, well... Because uh, because those kind of changes are made, you know, f- because of cultural sensitivity, sure, and things uh, that that take place. I mean, Danny Rand, but I mean, Danny Danny Rand was made for a different audience at the time, and I have, I mean, I I love the character. Yeah. I it will not take anything away from like the portrayal of the character, but um, it it wouldn't have have hurt my feelings to tell a different Iron Fist story. You know, yeah, and I, I don't get me future, wrong. Yeah. There's stuff that that I don't that doesn't hit badly for me. Like I know there's a lot of flack with Idris Elba being cast as a Nordic god in Thor, but to me it worked fine. It was one of those things where it didn't really matter. Absolutely. And to have, and I can't remember the actress's name that played Valkyrie. You know, the same idea is that if we took the general perspective of when those comics were written, it doesn't fit into that piece. But in the end, it didn't matter contextually for that we didn't necessarily need to see that archetype you know played out exactly for that um but there are some things where it's like sometimes it just i don't know for me maybe it's just a me thing it's just like it doesn't quite fit if you laterally change too much on it but i'm always willing like there hasn't been a single time i haven't been willing to like just go ahead and watch it and give it a chance anyway uh because it might surprise me and it might be better than i think and i kind of would rather have that hope uh, at the same token, the inner fanboy in me does kind of want to see stuff mostly done the same way, kind of thing. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I and mean, they had similar um, flack when they cast um, uh, that uh, the actress for uh, MJ in in the yep. Spider Man movie. You know, like no, 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 well, we're not used to seeing. You know, and the actress playing Starfire in the Titan series. There's a lot of flack over that initially too, which a lot of that seems to have alleviated as soon as people watched it. Uh, they said she's absolutely fabulous in the role, but visually, when all you have is a couple of pictures and you're expecting something else, you know, it didn't jibe well. But I think that's a great example of it playing out. It's like you know what, just watch it, give it a chance, see how it works, then make a decision afterwards. Oh of whether it worked or not by the way and i had the imdb but tessa thompson um as valkyrie um who is fantastic yeah i think she did a great job she's uh one of the best parts of i mean the whole movie is great but i think you know tessa thompson is wonderful 
so moving moving forward with anyway. that um the couple of things we have coming um i know you're kind of super excited about this i'm like not theater excited but definitely waiting it for netflix is the animated spider-man movie into the spider-verse <laughs> into the spider-verse into the spider-verse um yeah I, I, here's the thing i've never um i've been quite open about saying i'm not i've never been the biggest spider-man fan i don't certainly hate the guy it's the same way i am with like batman like yeah he's good it's a superhero movie i'll go watch it sure but i'm actually getting pretty excited about spider-verse um and uh if if uh, if i may diverge a little bit here there's a there's a pretty good easter egg that comes in venom that um opens opens this up to hmm, what are we what are we going to do with this i think if you go and watch some of the the trailers right now you may get a hint of what we're getting at here because um uh, Miles, in, in, as a voiceover, says, you know, I, I live in a universe like yours, but it's just a little bit different. And you get hints of that, that difference, but then we get the idea that, yes, there are there are different universes, as Marvel has established many times over in the comic books, um, that uh, different realities exist, and some of those are comic books, and some of those are cartoons, and some of those are uh real life you know some of those are like 3d universes um 3d uh, like 40 i don't yeah, know yeah remind me to rant a little bit about the exile series that came uh, out but that's okay fair enough proceed. okay <laughs> i like that series, so uh, don't get me <laughs> i'm totally okay with it except for little little wolverine little uh, wolvie oh, or whatever but uh, but like well that's that's exactly what they're doing with the spider verse right. when they when they bring in spider ham because right. spider ham is is it's like pure warner brothers mm-hmm. yoink, you know like right. he, like he, he's he's uh he's kind of like porky pig almost um but you know to be honest i, I think peter porker the amazing spider ham yep. is not exactly porky pig but he's he's sort of um the character design uh, certainly owes a nod to Warner Brothers style animation mm-hmm. um, with that, but he is a he is an ink and pen drawn character practically in the movie. But there's also um, a uh, an anime influenced character um, who's been nodded to in the comics, but uh, Penny Parker, who is a uh, who is a Spider Girl of of an anime style Japan who who drives a, a spider mecha. Um, and is that like the what spider like the I, I, SPY forward slash R? Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's the name of the the, <coughs> yeah. uh, the spider armor. Yep. That she she drives. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's the uh, the noir the uh, um, Spider Man noir Spider Man right. noir with Nicolas Cage and uh, there's a guy who loves comic books and keeps coming back every possible way. Oh, he'll he can. yeah he'll keep doing anything that you they know, can squeeze like him he, into. he wasn't Superman but he was Ghost Rider and he wasn't <laughs> you know and then, and then he was Big Daddy and uh, Mark Miller's uh, um, kick ass movie you know and. Uh, it just keeps coming back, and his his love for the uh, the media. He did get to play Superman. He was in Teen Titans Go. Oh, that's right. There. Well, okay. So he finally did get to play Superman. <laughs> oh God. Maybe not in the way he wanted to, but no, it's, uh, up up and away. Uh, that's the worst Nicholas Cage impression. Uh, I'll allow it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of it. Um, I Certainly. am not a huge necessarily like same as you i'm not i've never been an avid collector of spider-man mm-hmm. um i was fascinated by the the whole spider-verse uh run in the comics which um sort of 
yeah, created this idea that in every universe there is a spider. And the spider is like these various types of, you know, heroes that all sort of are the same kind of theme. Uh, and they had everything from, like I said, we have, we've got Spider-Ham, we have Miles Morales, we've got Peter Parker... We've got uh, a universe where uh, Spider-Gwen kind of evolved from that. We have um, the whole uh, Ben Riley Spider-Man where his clone survived. Um, I mean, it's it's every possible permutation. Um, In fact, they're kind of revisiting it. And there's even like a Norman Osborn Spider-Man and like all these kind of crazy things where it gave him this universe to play around with. Uh, that uh... there's all of these spider characters that are like throughout the multiverse and of course as a threat you have this other species that basically preys on them like they go hunt them down in these other universes and you know like consume you know their connection to this like spider avatar whatever it was very very high level stuff that they're talking about use your words neil uh yeah i don't know i was i was drawing a blank i, I thought i was going somewhere and i and i lost it um i guess it's like there's sort of much like there's a lot of cosmic powers mm. there's sort of this um i don't know wellspring of spiderness or something like that that various people tap into in different ways and so like the I guess it used to be called the 616 universe, but it's basically like the mainstream Marvel universe. And the, you know, for that it's Peter Parker and it's the Spider-Man we know, but in another universe, it's Spider-Man noir and another universe it's, uh, Spider-Ham and, you know, all this other stuff, you know, going on. And that series was fun because of all the variables that it had in it. Uh, it's similar to why I enjoyed the original, uh, exile series so much is that they took, they played around with that long before we saw the Spider-Verse, but it was every possible character. Like, we were seeing all kinds of different versions. Like, um, you know, we saw a version of Spider-Man that uh, had been taken over by the Carnage symbiote. Um, you know, we see, like, an evil version of the Vision. Uh, we see a Tony Stark that ended up taking on the mantle of Doctor Doom. You know, all these different permutations that they can give you this little one shot and go, okay, here you go. This is a maybe. This could have happened, you know, kind of thing and let it play out knowing that it's not really going to affect the universe, you know, as a whole. And I think I think it's with the uh, the fact that they do these these varied stories that gives the even the uh, the ability to take some uh, creative liberty with the movies opened up because surely you'll, you know, for folk, for fans who are readers. We'll look and go like that's not how the comic book was, but this is just the version where, you know, Jarvis is an AI or something. Or uh... well, in a in a way, it is and it isn't because I think what a lot of people, especially readers, don't acknowledge or grasp as heavily is that the MCU is a melding of the Ultimates universe and the mainstream Marvel universe that readers are more familiar with. So, um, case in point, you look at Nick Fury. Uh, Nick Fury in the 616 universe is not Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, no, he's David Hasselhoff, <laughs> he's apparently. David, yeah, well, that's... A, yeah, they put him on Sorry. the screen, it was David Hasselhoff. That, but, was, that was a bleak uh, reference to something else that we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they, in the Ultimates universe, they decided to shake things up a little bit. And, the whole, and one of the funniest things, I think, that came out of that is that there's actually a discussion in there about 
they're talking about who would play them in a movie, and they get to Nick Fury, and he goes, "Well, Samuel L. Jackson, of course." And then, but I mean that that's that's almost a very self-serving thing because uh, Mark Miller hmm. and Steve McNiven, who drew the original Ultimates, um, I believe, went to Samuel L. Jackson, asked him for his likeness, and said, "Can we use this character if we reboot the character of Nick Fury?" And he said, "Absolutely." Mm-hmm. So that that line. In, in the comic book where he mentions, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, it's a very self-serving, sure, yeah, it's I a mean, very hammy, self-serving line. But that comic is kind of filled with those moments, too. Right. So. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff you can see if you've read both, like, runs, that there's some, there they've adopted, I guess you'd say, the best of both kinds of scenarios and stuff in there. Yeah, you... you, you... Like the genetically engineered spider, rather than the um, original, like the Gamma spider that like gets spider, yeah. radiation powered or whatever, um, is more of a uh, production of the Ultimates universe versus the uh, the standard mainstream universe. But in a way that who cares? It's the same result. You have an altered spider that passes its genes off to Peter Parker. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see it. It's an animated movie that looks halfway decent. Um, it's one of those really odd CGI animated ones, though. But uh, uh, there I is think there that, is I a stylized okay. animation to it that I'm more interested to see tell its way in a in a in a long format rather than in a uh, you know sixty second spot on ad. I, sure. I I really don't know what they're going to do with it, but I'm 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 very excited to see that. And I'm 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 pretty excited to see a Miles Morales Spider Man movie. I think that's that's been long overdue. Yeah, I think we've we we've kind of needed to see that character has been popular enough that I think we kinda of need to see him on the screen. I, I mean I he's a good thing. there there have been uh television series that have featured Miles Morales. I think there was one uh Donald Glover was the voice of it and then mm. there was there was a nod to that in the homecoming movie when Donald Glover actually plays uh, the uncle question mark of uh... yeah well they gave him the name of the character that is the prowler right. in the comic series which I was one of those things I caught I was like oh that could be kind of cool and then they like tied it a little bit more into the like the whole Miles Morales kind of yeah. Spider-Man piece there too and uh, that could be inter- really interesting because in the current the in Bendis's final run, he ends up with the Iron Spider costume. So there's Miles da, 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 da. Morales ends up fighting his uncle uh, in, you know, Spider-Man free for all. Uh, sure, we'll call uh, it that. Um, moving but, on, uh, moving on, moving on. I recently, yeah, so uh, we're yeah. kind of in the advent of um, Disney's finally come out and said that they've got their streaming service. Um, which I agree with you that um, it just looks more and more likely I'm not going to be able to escape paying them um, if it's not at, at the very least just so I can watch The Mandalorian. But um, oh, that's some of the new stuff that's coming, um, it, they just recently announced the possibility of a Rocket and Groot. Um, they've all but said that a Loki series is definitely happening. And uh, very curiously, and one that I am, I mean... Rocket and Groot has certainly has my my you know attention, but they also mentioned a Falcon and Winter Soldier. Series. Yeah, now that one is interesting because we've got heard a couple of different things. Is that one is that it wasn't necessarily a series so much as kind of a like the equivalent of a limited edition mini, mini series one off. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. These I are, think these are big great. actors. And... I think it would be great either way. Yeah, um, but it brings to mind. Um, the downside to that is is that we're starting to see, in my opinion, stuff that should have got 
third seasons on Netflix has now been announced as canceled. So uh, for those of you who haven't seen uh, that particular news man. that we finished up, I thought two really good second seasons of Luke Cage and Iron Fist when then were almost immediately announced that they were being canceled. Uh, which is really a bummer, uh, especially those people who have watched uh, Iron Fist and saw how they ended it. Uh, it just screamed for a third season, and it... don't worry, we won't be spoiling that here. But <laughs> suffice yeah, to say I won't say anything about that particular piece. But suffice it to say is that it really did set up well for the possibility of a, of a third season. That unless the master plan is to bring it back on the streaming service, is something that we may never see which would be disappointing uh luke cage although i liked the series did kind of end on a note where i would be comfortable with the ending to it like it had a way it, of... it could go either way yeah. sure yeah i mean in one hand i could see where they're kind of doing a Shadowland-esque kind of confrontation story but at the same token if that's how it ended it could definitely end that way i'm i'm i would have liked to have seen more because they never really got a chance to um get into the the luke and jessica uh yeah, dynamic they, i mean they kind of and again it's one of those things where they set the pace for it with um you know him sort of defenders and... ending his relationship with claire and you know that kind of stuff that they maybe well, were a little open you know to we, did, we know who the otp is in this it, well sure yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was for me. It was disappointing, but I I have to be optimistic that with the streaming service on you know coming out, uh, it would seem it would be in Disney Marvel's best interest to you know really be reserving new seasons of this content for their own service. Um, uh, that's which makes total sense. That's um, what we're all led to believe, at least. I mean, sure, you know it. it, it it's kind of like the way we when 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 shows get canceled, and we hope Netflix picks up on them because uh, that's where they should exist. Darn it, you know. Well, and it there's been enough of it happening. I mean, The Expanse is a great example of that. Oh that's yeah, a show I that mean, and... I'm a huge fan of, and literally because the one of the high ups in uh, Amazon Prime's streaming service loves the show so much that when they announced it canceling, he immediately optioned to uh, buy it. Uh, so we'll get another season of The okay, Expanse accordingly, which is great. Um, but yeah, same token is that we have seen stuff. Um, well, and that's if we've seen it, we haven't necessarily seen it played out. Uh, my wife and I are huge fans of Lucifer um, from Fox, and that was announced canceled. But then uh, Amazon Prime said they were picking it up for one more season. We just haven't seen anything else after that. But if that happens, that would be great. But there is a precedent for it moving from one service to the other. And I think that Netflix has kind of set the tone of doing these production level things that could be potentially could just move to another studio as long as you can kind of net in the same, you know, actors and stuff for it. Um, we'll just have to see how that plays out. But I mean, barring that they do look like they're getting a pretty good lineup. I mean, if all thing, these things kind of play out, um, they could have a, a, a considerably better start, I would say, than you know the much vaunted uh, DC service, which has like one. I mean, uh, when it when I'm looking more forward to a cartoon series <laughs> being popped up again on there than uh, their Young live Justice? action one. <laughs> yeah, Young Justice, I'm really looking forward to. Um, I think it, that was an amazing rendition of a lot of those characters that I'm really looking to see how that. And then again, another show that was somewhat resurrected because that was a uh netflix 
original, wasn't it? Young Justice? Yeah. Not no, 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 it was no, no, Cartoon no. Network. Cartoon Network. <laughs> it was on <laughs> uh, Netflix for a while. Cartoon Network did it, uh, and then it got canceled along with a bunch of other things, including the... Um, the Green Lantern one, which was amazing. Oh, I heard many good things about that and disappeared before I got a chance to catch it with it. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's it. That's sad because that was actually Green Lantern done right. Uh, it was it was done really really well. That's really what I heard. Um, but yeah, again, I I will <laughs> for all <laughs> intents and purposes, I will subscribe to DC. I will Green watch Young Justice, and I'll probably watch Titans because it's there. But whether or not that will uh, be enough to keep me on there, I don't know. It's like one more streaming service off to pay for. But it seems like Disney holding the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff like hostage. within that little. <laughs> sure, why, why not? Uh, if they're going to hold it hostage, then prepare for Stockholm Syndrome because well, I'm going to be living there uh, for a while when, and, it, when and, it shows up. You know, uh, I think we've discussed this off the air, but, you know, like Disney. I I have a, a a huge love hate thing with I, um, I I I love them and I love the the attention that they bring to certain properties. I hate some of the choices they make sometimes. Well, and I, and there's I, and a the choices that they make are so vexing. Well, you definitely have been a unadulterated. Uh, not fan of their um their treat- letting go of treatment of uh, Peter Gunn. Peter Gunn. Yes, I yeah uh, I I. This is this is not the forum in which we're going <laughs> to debate what was said or how it was said. I think anybody with internet access can certainly look up the uh, the topic. But I, I um given the 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 family that he's built, it it feels um it hurts. It hurts that we don't get to see that completed. There, there has been talk of uh, rumors, strictly rumors, about um, potential hires for who's going to replace him and finish the series. And there's been lots of other talk about the actors who are outspoken that they will not be. They don't want a part of this. And yeah, sadly, uh, I think from the way the wind is blowing that I think this is like an unrecoverable property. I think that that and that I think Guardians is kind of is done at this point, or at least in the way we know it. And that they would it, have to in a way I don't know not necessarily reboot it, but they would have to do something different that would allow for a recasting of some stuff. Um I think really the only potential of ease of transition would be Rocket and Groot would be pretty easy to I mean, it's you get someone who's on forever, similar but, yeah. enough in voice structure, and you're okay when you got two CGI characters. But there'd have to be a little bit of a reimagining of some of the other characters. Uh, I mean, it could be there could be a little bit of you know behind the scenes stuff going because I know in the comics that they're relaunching Guardians and they've got a lot of new faces on there. So maybe they're prepping a little bit for the potential of a new team. Uh, I could definitely see that being a possibility i yeah i mean i i i love i love guardians and all of its its incarnations i think it's um it's a wonderful idea and i think that the movies brought it something um that was really amazing to screen and uh it was it was just given such a a wonderful life and um it it's it hurts that 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 arc that we were kind of secretly promised was not is, is not going to to see its its um its true potential um 
I don't know. That's those. Are, it, that's just the sad feelings I have on it. I, yeah. It I was... mean, it, it shouldn't have ended the way it did. I mean, you look at how they're going to close out the old guard using uh, Infinity War and stuff like that, and that that's it being done right. And then on the other hand, then you've got like just not ever seeing the end of that trilogy, which I just I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing that playing out. And if it did, it's going to be something different now they've got they've got room to play around with it i mean certainly we've got mm. some pretense for adam warlock to show up and you know who knows what they could do with that but right now i think they would it might be in their best interest right now to move some different properties and tell us some different stories and maybe circle back around to this at a later time where they can kind of make it something new i guess nice I don't know. That's, that's, it's you know, not the, the best the, the answer old, that's out there, but it's kind of the one that we're going to get. The, at this the, point. the only one I think that could be possibly even stomached at this point is the idea that Taika Waititi would take over. And that's that's the only one that we would but we would then, accept as. You I mean, know, even then it would be different, but I feel like Taika would not we're going to get. I, I just don't think we're going to get Drax back. Um, I, I think that the um, well, he's, he's said Batista's that he's uh, been so outspoken that he's not coming back because of the treatment of Peter Gunn. That it's just we're didn't James know where Gunn, it, James Gunn. Sorry, I did the same problem the last one. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, but um, I'll keep you straight. There you go. Someone's gotta someone's yeah. gotta keep an eye out for me. Yeah, uh, yeah but, I mean, with that the treatment of James Gunn, I think eliminated any chance of us seeing you know Drax come back. Um, I'm not so sure about, I think that we could potentially see, um, you know, Chris Pratt playing Peter Quill again. Cause he, although was not happy with the whole thing, he was not as outspoken about not returning sure. to the role accordingly. Uh, and Zoe Saldana has even said that she would play the role again. She just has said, she just doesn't see it happening. Like she just thinks that there's, there's just a not enough to get the whole crew back together. But if enough of them could be brought back together, it's you know maybe there's a thing they could do. It's a kind of a dark spot in the future of the MCU right yeah. now that they've stepped away, and that's a shame because I've been to Disneyland, I've seen what they've done with the Guardians ride, mm. and the amazing, amazing, you know, production that 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 ride is. And uh, it just exists as a as a giant draw for everybody. It's it's a huge draw when the park opens. The people you know kind of flock to that that tower um, where they have a. I swear to God, it's. I mean, it's animatronic. We all you know your brain tells you this is an animatronic thing that I'm looking at, but it's like right out of the movies. Rocket Raccoon is talking to you. Yeah, I I, I right when it had opened, um, my family took a vacation down to. Um, Disneyland so we hit, we were there um and it was a, a twofold experience because uh my kids were loving every part of the animatronic thing and then we put them on the actual ride and it was like the worst like that was it horrified and traumatized them so uh <laughs> it was a thing that I had some limited exposure to sorry. um eh, eh, sorry not sorry I mean I I get how it would be something not so great for them uh and yeah that's fine it's it is what it is it's people just... who have motion issues will might you know, right might like not like being dropped five stories <laughs> yeah that was definitely not a not a win-win scenario for for the kids but, but... With, you know with the jackson five playing in the background and the, you know the alien tentacles and the screens and stuff like that yeah it was, I mean, it was great i <laughs> uh when i wasn't trying to like keep my kid 
kids from like trying to exit the ride while it was going. I, I enjoyed myself thoroughly. But oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> step down and keep your buckles yeah. on. And kids. I think for me, it's extra sad because Captain Marvel is going to be playing in this universe uh, and expanding on it. Uh, and yet, at that time that we're going to see more of it, a part of it has kind of like died and we're not going to see that little corner of it uh at least not in the way we thought we were going to see it. is that a terrible segue to talk about uh um stanley um <laughs> <'Cause we're> getting... <laughs> you know we can't i almost kind of want to reserve that a little bit for the end Fair enough. um so we got a couple more things i really want to talk a little bit more about some of the the, the remainder of the netflix stuff so right on. um and, uh, and other tv properties so yeah so a mixed thing for me um i really enjoyed the punisher series that netflix did i know you're not necessarily a fan of the character as a whole but i mean did you, you i appreciated did you get the series. to watch the series i, okay. I did yeah we watched we watched the whole thing and um it was a it was a good rendition it was probably one of the better ones that i've seen recently i it's um it doesn't need to exist in the same universe i mean as a as a watchable experience you know you don't need to know anything about his appearances on daredevil in order to it is to very to standalone yeah, yeah they they succeeded admirably in that and that they kind of put him in his own little corner i mean there's there's a brief reference to it and in, in that little song you know diddy that he does you know mm-hmm. but uh but it you you would you know wouldn't have watched had to watch a single episode of Daredevil to just sort of get where the show was right. And if you're a fan at all, I mean, it kind of you already know a bit of the backstory that it feeds into it, but it doesn't dwell on it either. It like kind of just right. jumps it's, right into. It's not like a huge origin story. Yeah, it fleshes thing. it out a little bit. We learn some more details about Frank. Um, uh, part of the thing that I was drawn to a lot is that they told a compelling story about. Uh, the effects of PTSD and stuff like that. And that uh, while it's debilitating for a lot of people and it's not something to make light of, uh, it was interesting that they used that as, as much of a motivating factor for uh, Frank's, you know, vigilante ways Mm -hmm. as his family being killed. Like it was like a trigger for something that was there, you know, and that he uh, is constantly through some of the other characters in the series is referred to that he's, like still in pain he's still traumatized and this is in his way of acting out kind of thing is that he just has to seek a certain level of justice for something that can never be resolved um and talking to some of my friends who have served in the military uh it resonated a lot uh and in in a way of feeling personally powerless in the face of these kind of things uh, and yet you have a character like Frank that instead of being powerless, he finds a certain power in seeking out uh, justice. And it's... I thought that was really well done in that way. It, While I would never condone that level I was of violence say, you know, in real it's life. Like, that's a kind of escapism that maybe isn't best entertained. It is, but, but the yeah. Punisher's always been that, char- that character who does what we in our darkest hearts want to do. Yet in our civilized hearts, we don't do. You know, kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And again, this is a difference in where we dwell. Um, I kind of swim and live in this kind of world where um, the darker side of the, you know, the Marvel Universe is a bit more prevalent and stuff. I mean, I would say my concession to happy-go-lucky Marvel is Iron Man. (laughs) Like, most of the stuff I'm a fan of tend to be a little bit on the darker side of some of these things. It's like why I love, uh, I know that you're a huge fan of the sort of concurrent and post movie versions 
of the Guardians, whereas my favorite version is that Dirty Dozen storyline from Annihilation, <clears throat> which I thought was amazing. And I almost everything else kind of I've compared it to it, and it's been good, but just not quite as you know good from that first piece that I saw. Sure. But I mean, it is what it is. Punisher is always going to be one of those uh, flavors that either you have to be in the mood for, or you are a huge fan of it to start. Um, and I think for both, uh, it was a satisfying series. I think that they um, didn't have to take a whole lot of um, concessions. Uh, it didn't. It they. I thought Microchip was really well done, um, and it played well into sort of explaining that mm. side of it. Um, that. Yeah, I mean, as a whole, I took it as another one of those things where even if it ended up being one season, uh, it was a totally self-contained storyline that worked. Uh, it definitely, I think, I think they pretty much announced they're doing a second season. So I would, um, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So I mean, we know we're going to see more of it, but even if they didn't, it was a remarkably well self-contained story. Um, Jessica Jones season two. Um, I don't know what your thoughts Ooh. were. Yeah. First season was pretty good. I uh, did not enjoy the second season as much as the first season. It, it felt uh, a little rambly to me. Well, I think that's the the risk they run. I think they they did something really great with uh, like Iron Fist season two, which was they kept it short. Yeah, you know, and and, and uh, I think when they're tr- when you're trying to fill um time like that in space, I uh, one thing that I liked. Um, Every every episode was directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think artistically that that shows a lot of uh, bravery. Well, um, it gave it a different flavor that fit the character. Absolutely, too. absolutely. Um, it definitely made it work more than had it been done by anybody else. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, and uh, I think it was it was trying to tell a, a very um, I mean as it as it has been from the beginning a very um, uh, interesting take on a, a superhero story perspective from somebody who also has a form of post, you know, post traumatic stress. Oh, very much. So, yeah. yeah. But, but deals with it in a different way. You know, uh, she, she becomes an alcoholic. She is, uh, she's driven by um, trying to fill those, those blanks that she has mentally blocked out. Or, or maybe not, maybe not mentally in some ways. Maybe well, it's, yeah. and it's like if you, in a comparison, yeah. We, if you look at Punisher versus Jessica Jones, I mean, the Punisher is someone who is very okay with himself. I mean, he's he may know that what he does is not going to meet the approval of a lot of people, and it's very wrong in some ways. But yet, he's still kind of okay with who he is as a person, more or less. Um, Jessica Jones is very much not. Uh, she is like constantly. Uh, self-aggrandizing and just basically it's like down on herself a lot and in a way that's just kind of part of the character um you know it's the way that it's played out that if she was more optimistic it wouldn't fit like it she's always been sort of this sarcastic like kind of down on herself type character and then you throw the you know potential alcoholism on top of that and um you've got a recipe for disaster that kind of plays itself out on the screen over and over again. But, um, the, um, I, I wasn't entirely happy with the way it, uh, it wrapped itself up. Although that also kind of like, there's a little stinger there that you kind of go, 
the stinger brought it back home for me like like, uh, i like oh we could we could do something really cool here yeah um it's another one where you could see the potential for a season three um it would be interesting to see where they go but yeah the stinger like i as it's wrapping up i'm like going okay if we don't get another season i could see how they kind of closed out the storyline and then you get that little bit at the end which they kind of also did for us in iron fist season two okay. which we'll talk about in a second uh, yeah. but it's just that idea of um yeah we kind of wrapped everything up and oh hey here's a season three thing for you uh and it very much kind of for me played out to that it like they almost do it like right at the last second it you almost would miss it and then you're like oh i know who that is i know what that i know what they're go- doing with that um which uh, it was is our great partially alluded to in the first season but uh well as soon as you see that character you're like i know who this character is like when is this character going to become this other character um and that's the moment where you're like aha that's that's where it starts right there um and again the, again same feel iron fist season two yeah. uh 100% improvement over the first one i thought and um, the biggest fix you already mentioned they shortened it uh, a lot of the uh, even luke cage kind of fell into this a little bit of just being maybe two possibly three episodes too long and then iron fist came out and then we're doing like 10 it's 10 not 13 uh we're gonna keep it tight we're gonna keep it concise uh and it worked much better at a lot of different levels uh the fight scenes were phenomenally better um uh the the actor playing danny rand uh finn finn jones finn jones uh felt way more comfortable in the role than he did in the previous season um and it played out a bit better in that we expanded on things we saw stuff that was hinted in pre- like we see um misty get her arm removed in um defenders defenders but we don't see what we know is happening until we roll into uh I was... luke cage season two and then really more of iron fist season two where she's now got the uh, the bionic arm going I, on, and I we we knew that was going to happen, and yet it was it was still kind of surprising and refreshing to see it happen sure. in the series, you know, because like oh we're we're also again alluding to a bigger universe. Yeah, the payoff was good. Yes, we know what's going to happen as fans, but they played it out. They didn't just hand it to you right off the bat. They like they they kind of interposed it through several like connected series, and it kind of drew everything else together as a concise whole um one of the things that it gave us is that we see at least almost like one whole episode with um with misty and um colleen wing yeah like doing their thing and of course then you're like well now i need me a daughter of the dragons daughters of the dragon series um which hey who knows anything's possible um i it uh, the character the actors the want is there the well the actresses are very much very cagey about responding to that they've never flat out said it's not happening while also not confirming that it is happening so i would say and i'm gonna say this so if anyone from disney and marvel is listening um you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't do a daughters of the dragon because you picked two very fine actresses to play these roles and to not use them more so, would yeah. be criminal. They, they were, and we know what happens to criminals in the Marvel universe. There are more people who want this than don't want this. Ex- absolutely. Yeah. 
But it brought a little bit more of solidity to Iron Fist. We saw some more characters that weren't just Danny Rand. Um, we saw a little bit more. Uh, I did. I love the flashbacks where he saw more of his training and this rivalry with his brother um, that played itself out through through the series. I know you haven't finished. I, I'm going to kind of leave it at that. I've seen a good portion of it, but I'm still waiting to... Yeah, I've still but got to... again, um, two really big zingers at the end of it, like get all the way to the end, and then literally in... And I've said this before to a lot of people that have asked me my opinion on this. Um, the series as a whole was great. The last 10 minutes, like the whole storyline was like, this is amazing. Like okay. it's like the, it, it, it sold the whole thing on the end of it. It is admittedly a very sort of odd like part of the Iron Fist mythology, but if you're a fan, it's like you as soon as you see this thing, you're like, well, now I have to see a season three because it alludes to a very big, very popular storyline that they did. We're, I, you know, I, I watch these with my wife and we try to do what like a lot of couples do, which is watch it together. And, I made an attempt with that. You know, it, it, yeah, the attempt, <laughs> the attempts are, are valiant, valiantly made. Sometimes they are. I, I do, I do a better job than my wife does. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, my wife watches certain things with me, and to her, uh, to her credit, I will be watching an episode where, like, it's I'm on my own for an hour or so, and I'm going to fold clothes. So I'm going to watch an episode of Cloak and Dagger, and she'll come in about halfway into it, and like, oh, this looks interesting. What episode are you on? Six. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> She just knows that yeah. uh, that going back and watching it from the beginning, uh, we made an attempt with Jessica Jones because I really thought she would like it. Uh, she did enjoy the first few episodes, but it just was enough to throw it on her radar. But at the same token, we've watched like we watch Arrow like constantly. Like the other night, it popped up. It's like, oh, I want to watch Arrow. I got to see what's going on on that. And uh, she has her loves that she she's super Sorry. excited for her, uh, Aquaman. Oh, of course. Uh, well, I should say she's super excited for Jason Momoa. Jason who just Momoa, happens to be in an Aquaman movie. Jason Momoa is Aquaman. The movie. Uh, yeah, should have been Submariner, but I'll take him as Aquaman. Okay. Come on. Yeah, now if they shaved his beard <laughs> off, yeah, I'd buy it. Um, but yeah, I think Iron Fist was solid. Um, and I think uh, on that same idea of doing the super popular storylines, uh, Daredevil Season 3, um, probably the best of the bunch. I think if you take all of the Netflix stuff as a whole, for me... Daredevil season three, most solid, best version of it. Um, they really got everything right. Uh, they did the born again storyline uh, to a T while making it relevant because, uh, sorry, relevant, not relevant, relevant, relevant. Um, without <laughs> dealing with some of the tougher stuff to have portrayed with characters in the comics that end up being sort of second string we didn't care much about in the comics we find we care much more about when we see them on the big screen uh and to have certain characters end up the way they would have done in the comic i think would have been a disservice to what they generated in the netflix series so there are some liberties taken with it but it ends up in the same place and that's this ultimate confrontation between the kingpin and and daredevil Hmm. Um, which again, I'm going to leave that because I think a lot of people haven't seen the whole thing. And I'm trying to watch to it say, chronologically, so yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> if you're a fan of Born Again, this is a great rendition of it. Uh, it didn't leave a whole lot out. Uh, Bullseye was absolutely amazing, uh, even though he's never in the Bullseye costume. But for lack of that, 
that's fine. That's a, that's um, the a easy thing to forgive. That, that's, to a, that's a super easy thing to forgive. Uh, yeah, but the only the only thing I had into it was the same problem I had at the first season. It's like, can we just put him in the red costume? Uh, like, it's like just just okay. the red the costume. I'm tired of the black costume, <laughs> but it's okay. It it still worked in the way that they did it. That was that was that was my Halloween costume this year. By it the was way. it was a good one. Probably but, better than my Doctor Strange one. We 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 re represented admirably. <laughs> we did we did well this. You already Halloween. had like the facial hair and the hair thing going. I got to so. play to my strengths. Yeah. So I'm either Tony Stark or Doctor Strange. Those are my those are my go tos. Um, speaking of go tos, one of the shows I've been watching consistently, but I don't think you have watched at all, is uh, The Gifted. And if you have not watched The Gifted and you're an X-Men fan, um, again, do yourself a disservice. You very one-sided discussion. You need to get on board yeah. with that. Um, in a way that it's what's amazing about it, there are no X-Men in this. It's an X-Men show with no X-Men in it. Um, all of the characters are okay. secondary characters. Sell me on this show. All right. I will give you... We're in season two. I'll give you a basics. They open up with the Mutant Underground uh, we have some characters we're familiar with, like Blink okay. uh, shows up. Thunderbird is in it. Yes. Um, characters that are not our mainstream X-Men, but we're familiar with because they're side characters. They have in the shown X-Men up in an universe. X-Men issue or something. Yeah. Um, we don't have the Sentinels, but we have Sentinel services. And Sentinel services are just starting to use drones and other types of sort of robotic containment units and stuff that they have. But the gist of it is, is that some type of event um, happened. There was some type of demonstration and some mutant ability went off and killed when you thousands say, When of you people. say event, was this an industrial event? Was it a so genealogical they event? Haven't, <laughs> they haven't specified specifically, but one of the characters' backstories is that his daughter was killed during this protest where some, a mutant ability went off during the protest and like killed a, thousands of people or something along those lines. And they didn't talk as much about it other than that sort of polarize this idea of us versus them with you know humans versus mutants mutants. so the the story kind of kicks off with you have uh the father of this family unit is a lawyer working for sentinel services so his job is to prosecute the mutants that are basically in violation of the uh sokovia accords if you use your abilities and you're not registered or you're doing it illegally. Not the actual Sokovia Not Accords. the actual Sokovia Accords, but it's a okay. very... They, uh, actually, it's the Mutant Registration Act, which, oh. again, if you're an X-Men fan, you're you're familiar with this topic. It's mutant Sokovia Accords. Right. <laughs> uh, unbeknownst to this um, gentleman is that his children are mutants. And uh, the daughter has been hiding it for a while successfully, but the son, who is being bullied in school... Um, has an outburst that destroys a big section of the school, injures some people. Um, the sister is able to kind of get him out there. They run home, but at that point... That's how Civil War started. The the heat is on, so to speak. Sentinel Services is trying to find whoever like instigated the event, and the family has to go on the run. They come into contact with the Mutant Underground, and things kind of proceed apace from there. Um, the... Sort of the tie-in to it is that in the very beginning, there's a comment made by Thunderbird where they're asking about, can't we go to anybody for help? And he goes, what help? The X-Men are gone. Nobody's seen them. The Brotherhood is has gone. Like, all of these characters you know about, something happened and they're not around. Uh, it's a very great sort of little piece to say, you're in the X-Men universe, but 
does this you may not ever see the X Men. So, so, so this this does exist in the same universe as it's a Fox program. Hugh, so Hugh Jackman's Wolverine yep. and uh, First Class and the and the, the they basically the, the said it, it sits X-Men in that version. same universe okay. without necessarily saying how it does. But they're that, little. But that's such a patchwork of ideas right in there. You know, like you see Logan and you're like, what? <laughs> so the thing with to take the gifted in in is that you're getting these characters that if you're really into the lore for X-Men, you're going to recognize a lot of them. Polaris is in it, um, who we know is the daughter of Magneto. And there are several really clever ways that they allude to her father without saying the name Magneto, but like what he represents, the mutant people and stuff like that. And how they expect her to step up and sort of fulfill his role as a leader, you know, kind of thing. So there's, uh, there's a lot of this stuff going on in it and to me it's a surprisingly good sort of weekly show to get into it's like it's a thing where there's okay. a new episode every week um it's not a binge watching thing because it's on fox you got to wait for the new episodes to air yeah. um but i think it's great i think it's actually a really good one i think it's probably the best tv offering that fox has really given us of a comic book piece um and it's very it's very concise i think the their doing of blink is fabulous it's like picture perfect to how her abilities work and stuff like that um and they deal a lot more with the idea of having to do you hide who you are or do you express who you are kind of thing and there's a lot of tropes about um having to hide in the face of an oppressive government and you know a lot of stories around that kind of thing um i think it's really good i think if you if you want something that uh scratches that x-men itch um this is a really good way to do that <laughs> i haven't that. had an x-men itch for a while and that's probably uh, yeah. <laughs> well i mean this is a weird way maybe to this is it, a way to, to bring you back around uh the other one that i've watched all the way through is the uh freeform uh cloak and dagger which was also surprisingly good i've started it it took me a while to get through it i'll be fair the middle is a bit slow going um but the payoff is pretty good there's a the scene in the end of it felt like they really quickly came to a conclusion um but with a second season coming um i think It'll play out okay. Looking it was forward just, to it. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. I definitely would recommend watching it. Uh, it's another niche one. Not many people know these characters. So you can go into it without a whole lot of inhibitions and really kind of enjoy it. Um, similar to the uh, the last one I kind of want to talk about, which is uh, Runaways, which you have watched I have, all of I it. have yeah. seen all of Runaways. Um, this is actually one that my wife watched with me and really enjoyed it, too. When they had a thing about the new season coming, she was kind of excited for that. So it, um, Yeah, I, I remember stumbling on the series and then just getting like super sucked into it mm-hmm. um the original comic book series when it came out and just kind of like got all the books i could on it and read through it um and it's been a while since i've i've gone back to those books um so but the the, the portions that i remember seem like they were consistent in the series um and yet they are taking it in a different direction because television mm-hmm. and they have to you know to to uh, to give the actors and the talent that they brought to it um, a fair shake, you know, like I, I think you have to when when you pull actors like James Marsters, <laughs> you know, on the show, yeah. you have to kind of like let him be James Marsters. I mean, then you know, give him give him something to do besides just show up and then uh, disappear. You know? Let him chew on the script a little bit. Let him yeah, like really give us. It. It. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of of uh, James Mars. I really like to see him in stuff. Um, this is a good role for him. I I, I do think it looks like he's going to be in he's in the next season. So I mean, it looks like we'll sure. get a little bit more of him. So Just, that's, despite that's where good. his story has alluded to, it's still he's still going to be in it. So I'm curious. Is like this is one of those ones where Runaways is a story I know, and because of its connection to the rest of the Marvel universe, makes it like uh, are we going to see. Victor Mancha, uh, fingers crossed. We've seen Ultron, so yeah. Anyway, that would be a they're, great one to see. Yeah, that's the way. I mean, I, I would love for any of the series that we've talked about to even give a hint of a nod to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How great would it be if they could give us a the Visions miniseries? That would be great. <laughs> it, it, people, Just one it, one and done run. You know, imagine, <laughs> imagine. You know, they make it two if you want. I don't care. You know, like or like a a Breaking Bad two season. You know, mini. You wouldn't need something. like you could do it without any of the other characters. Like you could, at best, you could have one flyby by um, Robert Downey Jr. because there is a scene with Iron Man uh, in it. Uh, yeah. Maybe Scarlet Witch as well. But oh, that's true. They did um, they do like the Scarlet Witch episode. And, uh, but. Yeah. With the again, that brings bringing up a good point. Scarlet Witch is getting a TV series, oh, well. which bring it up, right? Yeah. Then, but come anyway, on Disney. Let's... But the, the the point is that, that you know, with the exceptions of uh, Daredevil season one, which made a, a a fairly obvious reference to the Battle of New York, hmm. and then um, Agents of Shield, which renewed for two seasons, renewed Did for you two see seasons. That, that was yeah. crazy. And, and Coulson better be in both of them. <laughs> well, um, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just saying. What else are they going to use them in, really? I mean, <laughs> the Coulson adventures. That's it's it's Coulson the series for me, um, which I'm totally okay with. But uh, they they made a reference to Thanos in the in the last couple episodes of the final or the most recent season of which one? Uh, Agents of Shield. I kind of recall that. They, is they it basically that long said ago that I've kind of it's probably fading? you know yeah, to be honest be. yeah it could but, be but yeah they they made they made a reference to the events that were going on uh, in in Wakanda and uh, that Thanos was coming yeah but and they sure could use graviton <laughs> yeah you know that that would have been nice but but yeah nothing nothing else uh, nothing else came of that and and uh, we didn't see any any repercussions of the snap and we didn't see any uh, or at least not yet. Uh, because we knew that they had wrapped up a lot of stuff with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They didn't want to give away what was happening with the movie that hadn't necessarily been released at that point. So we could see... I mean, I think when they last left off, they were going after... um, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, You lost me, Sundance. Yeah, gosh darn it. Uh, this is such good radio right now. Uh, <laughs> Listen to us try to remember the, two, the, the scientists, the two scientists. Oh, um, Fitz! And, oh, Fitz! The, well, yeah, well, Fitz. Fitz. They had to go rescue Fitz because he he they dies. Had, they he had, dies in the building, but they know that his his time lost version is out there in is, space, is buried somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, so they were gonna go get him. Like he's in yeah. a. That was a hard time dilation yeah. coffin or I don't know whatever it is is they, they're gonna use uh, a, they're gonna use a MacGuffin to get him some, back some doctor who I'm pretty sure that's how the timey timey wiminess 
Uh, yeah, it's like speaking of which, okay, maybe a little off topic, wait, no, no, but no, no, definitely, no, don't, don't fraction now. definitely, <laughs> definitely, uh, uh, um, something else that I've enjoyed watching with my wife recently is uh, Doctor Who. Um, I, my wife I thought, and I are fully intended to watch this series. Uh, we just have not, but yes, I, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a of a lead in. Um, I am found myself so entranced by Peter Capaldi's version of it um, that I felt it was going to be a hard transition. Uh, I felt it was a timely one. I was kind of excited that they were going to change things up and have uh, a woman playing the role for the first time ever. But if the other doctors didn't hit me as hard as a transition from Peter Capaldi, just because I think I loved his rendition of the character. Um, but I have to admit this this version they're doing now could be one of the best ones that they've done. It's surprisingly good. It's far more humorous in a way that works. Um, but it's a completely different attitude again. It's like sometimes some of the doctors felt a little similar. Um, this is very different in a very good way. Um, and this new mix of having three companions instead of one uh, works at so many levels. Uh, so definitely do get on that. Yes. Um, you will definitely like it. We'll, we'll um, devote a series to that, I'm sure. I'm running it through the BBC America app huh. right now. So... Um, you got to watch it every week as it comes out, but I think you can actually pull all the episodes that have currently aired, like as it stands right now. Anyway, very good. Uh, I digress. Yeah. Uh, so note. Runaways is kind of where we left off, uh, and then we talked about Agents of Shield, which um, is good because that wasn't in my notes, but I do want, did want to talk about that because they did get a two season renewal, which shows that ABC yeah. is throwing a huge amount of faith into it, and also likely that it's not going to the Disney Marvel streaming service immediately, since we know that's launching next year, and if we're getting two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's still going to put it on NBC, or sorry, ABC, um, the during Dis the, the launch of this particular... Um, yeah, it is a Disney-owned channel, but with them talking about how they were really, literally wanting to transit everything to their streaming service, it's good to see some of the stuff is still going to have a little bit of life from the regular networks uh, to go through. Oh. Very good. Um, also, because you you did mention the um, uh, the mutant series there, uh, gifted, gifted. Mm -hmm. um, it reminded me that there there is uh, a smaller, um, uh, easy to get a hold of uh, podcast series called Wolverine: The Long Night. And oh yeah, well, we're, not, <laughs> we're not we're not. Oh no, I, give give it a chance. You know, I, I, I am. I yeah. I start. It's one of those ones where when I listen to it, I'm kind of captivated by it. But there's always something else I want to listen to. So it kind of is my filler in between other podcasts and stuff that I listen to. Sure. Um, it's actually pretty good. Um, I'm a huge fan of Richard Armitage, so yeah. um, hearing his gravelly voice has been a good payoff for that. Um, I still want. I still think that. Um, I would love to see him as, like, he'd be my A-list choice for, like, Moon Knight, but, um, uh, actually, you know what he'd be great as? If he could pull off a little bit of accent, he would probably be good as Gambit. I, I, I'd be cool with that. I mean, I, I we have a we have a mutual friend who uh, <laughs> yes. has, has um, some, something I to say about that. I have promised her <laughs> she will be on the podcast at some point. Uh, and we may just have to leave the room while she gets to talk for like a half an hour about how great Gambit Gambit is. Gambit and his various uh, portrayals <laughs> and uh, what works and uh, what doesn't. Probably the, the, the ultimate uh, 80s trope character. <laughs> but Oh, very much uh, But so, so good yeah. in such so many ways. Um, However, yes. Uh, to kind of to wrap things up a little bit, uh, we kind of went breakneck speed through a lot of this. And I had some other stuff. 
where I kind of want to talk about off the shelf picks and stuff that we're reading. Um, what that kind of got me to thinking about is lately all the stuff I've been reading has kind of been in, in and around a very sad event um, that comic book fans and non-comic book fans, uh, I'm amazed at how many people were affected by this, but the uh, passing away of Stan Lee, um, I think affected a lot of people at a lot of levels they didn't expect. Um, for me, it was... Uh, it's something that people who have kind of seen, I've been informed I need to make this public because maybe not everybody's able to see it, but I've been kind of on uh, social media, I've been posting a thing per day on uh, Stan Lee creations that have affected me in one way or another. You should do that on our website. Uh, I think I'm going to repost some of these and kind of like yeah. originate new ones from our site now. Sure. But um, it... The man was like a prolific creator and just looking at a list of things that he, that is just Marvel creations, like not counting uh, boom comics or pow comics or the collaboration stuff he did with DC. Yeah. Um, to be a superhero, the television show. Yeah. Or <laughs> superhumans. Um, I mean, there's so much stuff that he contributed to and to see the, was it you posted the other day of like the whole cast of Star Trek? Yeah. Like sitting with him at some convention. Yeah. I was like, I, there's, there wasn't a corner of the world we live in, this whole geek central area, that he didn't affect massively. Um, if, like, Isaac Asimov is the grand, the grandmaster of science fiction, uh, Stan Lee, in my opinion, was the, the grandmaster of the comic superhero world. Um, he affected or direct, I mean, even if he was three or four people removed from a character, his influence was felt in some way, shape or form. I mean, there, there will always be some controversy over his involvement, which is the price that comes with, you know, being that, that closely tied to it, I think. And, and, but, but he, you cannot, you cannot deny the man. You cannot. Sure. Take anything away from him in that respect, I think. And I said it's tough because uh, his personality lent to the idea of being a spokesperson for Marvel. He was out in front of everything. He was the guy that wanted to do the convention circuit. He was the one that did interviews. He was the one that actively promoted all things Marvel. Um, and to be fair, from a lot of the stuff that you see in documentaries and stuff, the artists and stuff that he worked with, which... They, they got a lot of equal, in, in his words, and in his interviews and stuff, they got equal time. He said that he, it was very much, this is not like me as a solo act. This is definitely like Kirby's art, and it's this person's coloring. It's like he was so much into, like, it's all of these other people are, are doing this, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. But like you said, he was out in front. He was the one on the cameras. He was the one being interviewed. Um, and because of that, there's an attributed nature of him being the only person involved. And that's, that's always going to put a little bit of a shadow. That always, I think, it, it's that. like, like saying, you know, the actors originated the role, but the writers get none of the credit. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's sort of the thing, you know, like he, being, being the most visible means that, yeah, he's going to be the most recognizable. He's going to be like the, that household you well, know, face and name. He certainly came out of an era that we now recognize as writers and creators not getting enough credit. I mean, Absolutely the whole true. thing, the, the Superman debacle of Schuster and them, you know, not, or Siegel, Jerry Siegel 
and those guys not getting the credit, yeah. you know, for creating this character because they did it as a job and they weren't seen as a creator at the time. Or, or even in more recent, you know, like Steve Ditko's name being added to the, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man credits as, as one of the creators of Spider-Man. It's, yeah, those, I mean, know... it's... Uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not even one of the things where I can say he's gone too soon because the man was like 96 years old. I mean... Uh, it was said on another podcast I listened to that every year we got with him was a joy. It was a gift. Um, and some of those gifts were maybe not the best gift we could have gotten. Uh, things were um, not looking great at the end. So, I mean, I hope the man has found some peace. Uh, I hope that he's gone to the reward that he's earned. Um, I will be uh, forever personally indebted to his creations for giving me such um high level of entertainment um i find him as probably one of my top five inspirations for the type of writing that i do um his method of doing stuff like visualizing the um the speaking parts of it while tying it to the action and things like that the, the 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 marvel method as it were um is something i've tried to utilize um to some degree of success but it's so the dialogue and stuff that he did, it was sort of unparalleled for the time. And it was imitated consistently. Um, there is so much stuff that, you know, was successful that he was involved in that, um, saw played out. Um, imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. He was flattered on a regular basis. Cause there was a lot of stuff yeah. you can see that, you know, level. And I think that, in a world now where we have more respect for a lot of creators and stuff, I think it's doubly so to acknowledge that while he was invested in and helped other people see their creations come to life, um, we shouldn't devalue that in a sense they were his creations too. Like he helped, uh, dialogue is a, is a big part of what brings characters to life. Uh, you think of Thor without the, kooky shakespearean dialogue that low they would there have. Yeah. yeah low let there be an ending you know I, kind yeah. of thing and have at the you know this kind of stuff is these are things that he put together that made that character come together you know one, um, one of the things i when uh dvds were becoming popular and i would buy you know like my i'd build my superhero library but then i'd see something like uh uh superhero the comic book movie or no comic comic book the movie directed mm-hmm. by mark hamill or written by Carl <laughs> right, hamill. right right and and how he interviewed a bunch of people and uh and then there was like a you know a discussion where um discussions that uh kevin smith and stan lee had that were put on dvd and stuff like that so i would add those to my comic book library and i would watch those and um when uh when i first moved out here um uh, to the pacific northwest about five years ago I saw that uh, Portland was a huge area for comic books. And one of the first conventions that came out here was happening like 15 minutes away from me where I was living. And Stan Lee was going to be there. And uh, I I put together whatever money I could. I said, this is an opportunity I have to take right now. I have to, I have to see Stan Lee, you know, cause I'd watched these videos and documentaries about him and I watched, you know, who wants to be a superhero with Stan Lee. And I just kind of like, you know, got sucked in to, uh, to like feeling like the guy was just an integral part of my life. Um, 
and uh, so I got a chance to see him, um, you know, live and in person, and and go up to him, and I got him to autograph my Captain America shield, and uh, in that nervousness, I mean, being you know just one in, in hundreds of people who who got a chance to see him that day, um, the the words that I said to him at the time. You know, I was like pushing my shield out and I said, thank you for Silver Surfer. And I don't know why entirely I said that because I was trying to think of like, what, what can I say that, that meant something to me? And Silver Surfer, as you speak about the language, and, and I flashed back, you know, in my head just then to um, an interview where I said like, or that, that Silver Surfer was his idea of trying to write like Shakespeare would. You know, the words that he says in those those very early um comic books kind of have this uh this soliloquy kind of nature where he's looking down upon the you know the mortals of earth and like oh that i could be one of them and you know not be in this servitude to the slave uh, of galactus and it just had that that shakespearean type quality it was not shakespeare but it ha but it it kind of wanted to be at the same time um and uh and that's I and I remember that sticks with me and Silver Surfer has always been kind of a a favorite character of mine for that reason, um, and uh, just that I got a chance to say something like that to him, you know, I was like thank you for Silver Surfer. Just I I, got, I had a chance to to say thank you to him directly, um, and uh, he, I think he nodded and kind of was like on to the next person, you know, just as uh, the assembly line was kind of pushing through there, but. Um, but he was he was uh, as energetic as ever uh, until it got time to take pictures with him. In which case, he kind of just sat there, and I I refer to that as kind of like we got we have to you know take pictures with the life model decoy of <laughs> Stanley because he he you know he just uh, he, uh, you know it, it's celebrities like that. He was ninety one years old at mm -hmm. the time, and he could sit there and he could smile. So he ran up a, and like it, smile, boom, got your picture taken. <laughs> it was super. Uh, Is that yeah the idea that every additional convention he could be a part of yeah. even if it was to be the life model decoy was still a gift it was something sure. that um we all knew what was coming and yeah. then it finally happened yeah. and i think because of the of us being prepared for it mm -hmm. it somewhat hit us less hard uh, I will say one of the interesting things that I have to acknowledge for myself is that I can talk all I want about Infinity War that I knew the end of the story and it didn't affect me as emotionally as I felt it affected other people with conversations I've had. Um, the next Stanley cameo I see in a movie, because you know there's going to oh, be God, another yeah. one. There's... That first one that I see is going to be the most awful thing emotionally that there's i've seen gonna, in a long there's time there's gonna be a a moment in the in the theater where everybody collectively goes oh you know yeah. and uh and there'll probably be a title card or something at the end that just says you I'm, know every i would not be surprised if captain marvel isn't the first one that we see that they add that thing in the end like in yeah. memoriam for stan for stan yeah. or yeah i mean and it's it's going to be a part of going forward it's like it's it's the the realization that we will see no more from this creator like this is we'll see no more from him they would not say we will not see more of him oh no no, no. <laughs> I, i'm sure that they've digitized him and he's gonna yeah. keep showing up and stuff but from a creation standpoint yeah. like we have seen what 
the breadth of what he's going to create. There's something a little sad about that. Sure. Um, but to be fair, the man was so prolific that the, the, I haven't even read a tenth of what's out there. Oh. Uh, I'm still at a loss of where I will pick at a thread and go, I need to read this whole run that I never did. Uh, and then realize how much of that is still out there that I haven't really uh, indulged in. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly something I think that affected people. I, I'm amazed how many people it affected. Things that you, people who would not have expected to be affected by this as much like coming out and tweeting and talking you know about in news programs and stuff like that and i'm i am sure that the um eventual um you know biography or something we're going to see um will you know we're going to see a lot more of that we're going to get some people that are going to you know talk a bit more about stuff we've seen or maybe that we didn't see kind of thing um i mean even even characters that are from the more like humorous side of it. I mean, there's like stories of um, Ryan Reynolds, like that had met him on more than one occasion. And it's like, this should never, you know, this is, I, I was not ready for this, you know, kind of thing. And um, you know, these, all of these actors that feel like, like it's a gift to play these characters that, you know, to put their spin on these characters and, you know, what they're doing. Um, and it's because of the work he did. Right. Um, I don't know really what else to say on that so, subject. It's enough said. <laughs> enough said. Uh, and I think on that note, we're going to go ahead and close up shop. Um, however, we promise you there's going to be a little bit more happening this year um, and next year. Uh, we're going to try to get back onto, we have new microphones and new system that's working like a charm. Um, so, uh, on top of that, I think we owe it to you and ourselves that to do this a little bit more prolifically. So, uh, look forward to seeing more from us. Um, then definitely as we go forward with the season, um, and I'd like to, you know, like we've been talking about before, we're not just going to dwell on the comic book stuff. We've got a lot of other things, uh, in the books that we want to talk about. Uh, so look forward to that. And I think the best way we could leave it is with Excelsior. Excelsior. Thank you.